there is a place beyond hurt. Okay, okay, I know y'all used to hear me talk and tell my stories and all that, but I figure it's time to give some other good people a go. Family, welcome to Finding Good Voices. Guys, one of the things that I'm learning to never, ever, ever, ever take for granted is friendship. The following episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to some people who have been a part of my life for the better part of 15 years. Friendships don't last that long. This is something special. This is something more. This is my family. Guys, enjoy this episode. The first part is a lot of information that we might not know. The second part, got some information too, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to do it like family do. I want to introduce y'all to my friends. Enjoy. (laughs) All right, guys, I have someone. I always say that I have someone special for you guys, but this is actually someone special. I've known this person for, I want to say what, 15 years of my life. Um, Probably the first time that I hung out out of state with friends was at this girl's bat mitzvah. Guys, the one, the only Kim Steinberg Rivera? Rivera, whatever. Rivera. <laughs> Kim, how are you? So Kim made me a little bit mad. She left New York and now we can't hang out anymore. Tell us about that move. <laughs> what, what inspired yeah. you? Yeah, so I moved out here about a year and a half ago. I, I mean, I was born in Puerto Rico and I was raised in New York City in the heart of it. I grew up there. I went to college in the city as well. And I feel like Although I got to travel a lot growing up, I never actually experienced living away from my family unit and away from my comfort zone. So I really just wanted to explore that and kind of stretch my feet a little bit, kind of getting more involved in the industry that I wanted to be in and definitely more connected with nature. I think that was the biggest thing I was missing in the city. Yeah, You can definitely drive and like go upstate and everything, but it's not the same as California. You have so much more access here to nature. So... It was just really about spreading my wings a little bit and moving out here. So we grew up um, downtown Manhattan. Um, And like you said, no nature, um, no real way to kind of branch out, right? What is the main difference in terms of uh, culture? Because you get the nature, but do you get the people? Right. Oh, yeah, that's that was, I think, a big disconnect for me moving out here. I was understanding of the kind of community out here. But at the same time, I think I was a little hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a community where it's difficult to make genuine connections here. There's a lot of people that, that are social climbers that are hustlers that really are after their own personal goals and dreams. And I applaud that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I think it does there's a big disconnect as far as like humanity and just having a little bit of empathy towards the people in your life. And I've been very grateful because thankfully the industry that I'm in actually welcomes a lot of different type of people at the heart of it. And so 
I feel like I've been able to find a good group of people to surround myself with, but even still it gets hard for sure. And um, so I always tell Kim, she should have been like one of these social media superstars. Right. (laughs) Um, But she didn't move out there for that. Right. Um, She didn't move out there to be Hollywood. Tell them a little bit about why you moved and, and what industry you're in. Yeah, sure. So I actually work in the cannabis industry. I manage a dispensary out here and it was definitely an industry that I was a little nervous to get involved with, especially in the social and political climate. But I've been in the industry for over a year and a half and it's been the most incredible experience I could have ever imagined. I've been able to help people in such incredible ways. Cannabis has definitely helped me a lot in my life. I am, I'm a 9-11 survivor and I struggled a lot from PTSD, a lot from anxiety. You know, my parents had a really intense divorce so that I think also heightened my anxiety a lot too. And instead of turning to certain types of medication, cannabis was my outlet growing up. And I feel like it helped me explore my creativity. It helped me feel like I could kind of handle things in a better and more calm way and in being able to be more involved in the industry I feel like I've learned so much more that I've been able to help people even with cancer with intense medical medical issues and people that are dying that I've been able to actually make them feel comfortable and make them feel like they can get through the day again without committing to medication and it's so intense because the stigma around marijuana is, you know, a bunch of kids just, you know, lighting dubes just to, you know, it's, it speaks to how much I don't smoke lighting dubes or whatever, but <laughs> it, it, it speaks to, you know, it, it's like there's a stigma around uh, the youthful kind of use of it. But you said that you use it to, um, to get over your PTSD and to become more well-adjusted. Can you speak to people who, might be looking for those alternatives to um, prescription medicine, right? Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've definitely taken advantage of having a recreational experience with cannabis, but I think the important thing is realizing with everything, you have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to be responsible. And of course, I don't think cannabis is for everybody. And I think that there are responsible ways and ways that you can abuse it. Absolutely. But I think what's important to note is that there's so much science and so much more potential that science can actually find Mm -hmm. that has connected how cannabis actually can balance out the endocannabinoid system, which is your internal system and can actually provide a more holistic option for you without really disrupting your natural chemical balance. Mm -hmm. Cannabis, I think has been so stigmatized as being this incredibly dangerous and gateway drug, but in comparison to, for example, alcohol, it is nothing in comparison to that. It is a healer. It is a way to bring community together. It is a way to, to find another option for yourself, you know, to be one with yourself. And I think that's super important to connect with that for sure. And guys, you know, um, my story, right? Like, dealing with all of the the things that come along with alcohol and, and other types of vices, right? Like guys, I was never a, a pot smoker that much. I never really enjoyed it. I did it, but you know, 
Kim will tell you, like, I'm you know, not really that much into it, but um, it definitely, especially here in New York, we see the pathways of people who go down the road of drugs and alcohol that aren't marijuana and, and make stupid decisions in their lives that ruin their whole lives, right? But then they have that turnaround. Did you have a turnaround, a turning point where you were like, okay, there needs to be something else. And, and speak to us a little bit about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I think, I think especially in college and towards the end of my high school career, I fully explored with different types of drugs, different types of vices, different outlets to kind of get away from what I was surrounded by. And I saw a lot of people go down really, really dangerous paths. And I think part of my growth was kind of overcoming that and finding a way and realizing that some of my vices were actually holding me back from being productive in life. And I did have to take a break from cannabis. I think there was yeah. a time where I was just using it for the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And because of the uh, like limit to the actual product out there in New York city that I had, I wasn't really able to prescribe myself in a way that was productive for me. I was just taking whatever I could from any dealer friend that I could find. And, you know, it was all like fire and whatever, but like out here, you have so much access to so many different types of cannabis where you're not just focusing on the high. You mm. can actually have the medical aspect of it without the high effect. And it, I feel like that has been such a life-changing thing for me because it's allowed me to remain productive and remain clear minded and be a thriving woman in the industry without feeling like I'm a lazy stoner or anything like that and falling into that stigma. I think people are super impressed when mm -hmm. I am working with them at my shop and they realize how eloquently I can speak about it because I'm so passionate about it and I'm not falling into that stigma. But at the same time, it does kind of frustrate me because I, I know they're walking into my shop with like the stigma of, Oh, this is just some stoner chick. Yeah. But really? It's like, no, like I actually am here to help you and show you that it's not just about like stoners. And I want to speak to that because we usually keep it, uh, we usually put this question toward the end, but you just hit it right on the, on the head. So we got to bring it up. We always say that purpose is never personal. So you have seemed to found, find your passion and your purpose, right? Speak to the experience of helping other people find themselves uh, in the marijuana industry or, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most rewarding experiences that I've been able to have in this whole time of being in this industry. I actually started off as a bud tender and I worked my way up to management. So I wanted to really see everything from the bottom and kind of see how it continues in the industry. And while being a bud tender, it allowed me to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with these people. So they would come into my shop and a lot of the times it's older people. I do work in a, in a pretty upscale shop. I'm grateful for that. So I feel like people feel more welcome and more open in that kind of environment. Cause there's definitely a, like trap shops there that are very sketchy and like mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable. I always pride myself on wanting people to feel like they're in my own home when they come mm -hmm. into my shop. And I give that experience by really showing them every different option we can provide for them, whether it's eating it, drinking it, taking it as a capsule, taking it as a candy, 
uh, smoking it in different forms, showing people that it's not just one set way of doing it the way it used to be, but that you can find your creativity and really explore with it and have your own unique experience with that. And one of the first people that I helped was actually um, a parent who had come in, their child had been uh, struggling from seizures Mm -hmm. and um, they had just turned 18 they weren't able to come into the store. So we were able to provide them a help that I thought that I could help them in a way that I could provide assistance for them, but not necessarily change their life, of course, because you know, it's, it's medication. It's not, or it's not medication, but it's not the change all. But the parent came back in a week later and was like, Oh my God, my child is actually like seizure free for a whole entire week, which hasn't happened in months. Um, They were able to sleep through the night. They are like walking like normal. And this was in a matter of a week of this person just taking a tincture for a few days And that alone was just like an eye opening experience because yeah, like I believed in it and I saw how it helped me, but to see how it's helping people, even on like a more intense level, even at an elderly level, like I've had a woman who's now she like quote unquote, like adopted me as my like (laughs) granddaughter. She calls me at the shop every now and then to just check in, but I've helped her with her. um, She has really intense Mm-hmm. Uh, pain in her body and okay. she uh, has been struggling from that and like she's been able to feel comfortable and like go around and go hang out again and like yeah. it's just seeing how much it's changed people is that I think the purpose is that there's so much more than just the stigma it's that it's about connecting to your health again and it's so interesting because you know now New York is kind of like this health mecca or you know Oh, with all the vegan food and all of the, you know, but you kind of went out all the way West to get away from New York. Right. Yeah. Speak to, and, and you said, you know, you had certain things going on in your life. Speak to the moment that you realize I need some fresh air. I need to get away. I need to get out. Yeah. Here. Um, I had, I'd been working in the textiles industry at the time. I had a great job, you know, beautiful, office space, great view of the city. And I would watch the sunset in my office every night. And I sat at this desk for two years and I was so grateful. But at the same time, I looked at the woman next to me and she had been there for 20 years, Mm. sitting in the same desk for 20 years. And I was just like, all right, I've been in this for two years is this what I want forever? Is, is, do I just want to stare out of a window and dream about the life that I could be having or do I want to actually go after it? So I decided to kind of just sell everything, save up. I became like a hermit so I could save up some money. And like, I ended up taking a year off before I moved out here, traveled all over the world and finally just got a car and road tripped out here. And like, even on my road trip, I traveled too. I just wanted to commit to traveling Mm -hmm. and commit to pushing myself out of my boundaries. Cause I was so content mm-hmm. in where I was. And I think I like my biggest fear was complacency. Wow. And that's the, the craziest thing because with me, I always see people who come to New York as the courageous ones, right? The people who come from these weird, like, you know, small towns and take on yeah. the big city as the courageous ones. 
But looking, thinking about it now, it's us who have had all this access to everything and giving all that access up to say, I got to go find myself away from the comfort of the corner store or whatever is in New yeah. York, right? Um, was there a, a point in your traveling or before you left where the fear was kind of gripping at you and saying, this might not be it? Oh, 100%. I think doubt was my best friend. I every day would wake up being like, is this the right choice? Am I going to actually get a job out there? Am I going to mm. do I even I didn't even know I actually wanted to plant roots in California mm. until I got into my car. Wow. I, I was really debating between Colorado or California. I knew I wanted to be in a recreational legal state because that was important for my career. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know where I wanted to end up. And I think that part of the delay, like while I was waiting to actually get up and go, because I still had to get my driver's license. I still had Mm. to get my car. I wanted all these things, but I only had about a year and a half to really commit to it while also wanting to travel. Mm -hmm. So doubt definitely like, crept up on me a lot it it stopped me from wanting to push myself but I think I kept reminding myself that that was the point that this was what I was trying to accomplish that that my goal was to feel uncomfortable my goal was to see how much I could grow without the sources that were around me that I feel like have been influencing my life whether in a positive or negative way I needed Mm -hmm. to remove myself to figure out who I am as an individual. What do you miss the most about New York? Definitely my family and friends and pizza. For sure. I knew you was going to say pizza. (laughs) Guys, we grew up around this spot called Joe's Pizza, and I have not found a place like Joe's since. It's ridiculous. Except for maybe Brooklyn pizza. Brooklyn pizza might might take over Joe's a little bit. Well, funny Um, story. The mm -hmm. guy, Joe's, actually opened up a a few spots out here in California. No way. And I actually spoke with him on the phone because he comes out here a lot. And uh, we had an issue with an order. And I was like, oh, my God, like, (laughs) I've been going to your your place like every day of my life growing (laughs) up. So he sent me some free pizzas. So that was pretty dope. It's definitely not the same out here, but I love that at least from him. So that's cool. That's that that power of relationships right there. Yeah. Speaking of relationships, (laughs) let's go a little bit into uh, the basis of ours, um, LREI. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now is a, a weird time in this country. Right. Everyone's talking and everyone's expressing the uh, what they've been trying to t- say for a long time. Mm-hmm. And LREI is not immune to that. Have you heard about the Black at LREI Instagram account? Yes, I have. And I am so, so happy that this has finally been created and that this platform is here for so many of us that have experienced these weird and largely inappropriate moments in our development and our growth, and especially in a place that is so well-regarded in their progressiveness and their, mm-hmm. their, you know, their, their oneness. They like to be very all kumbaya, and it just yeah. seems kind of like we were fed a little bit of a false narrative there because while it seemed one way so happy-go-lucky for so many families. There were the rest of us that kind of did not have these experiences and were actually really lost and very confused. Exactly. 
It's it's crazy to think because, you know, like you said, we, we went to the school that uh, championed diversity and championed, I, I remember we would have those meetings every Tuesday or whatever about things that were going on in the world. And then I guess we were so young, you know, that we didn't realize it, but I pulled back and I realized like, wow, there were a lot of people, like a whole section of people that kept to themselves, right? Oh, like yeah. we had the, the, the step team people that just would not and you know we were so young we didn't get why they felt that way yeah it just seemed like a click kind of thing where and especially because the school that we were in was so small that you felt like you had to be in a click otherwise you just were alone like you, you had to find your crew and i feel like i think of all the crews we had a pretty diverse crew we, we, we were definitely <laughs> we were definitely the diverse crew. I think that, you know, one thing that I loved about us is that even though we might have come from, and we definitely did come from different backgrounds, when we got together, it was just all like playing around, like, you know, kind of just joking around and doing yeah, dumb we, stuff we together. We were all on the same level when we were together. Like no one ever felt out of out of place or like more than or less than another. I felt like everyone had a good voice. And I have to ask, you know, just since we're, you know, we're talking about, have you ever felt a type of um, racial thing or, or oh, yeah. women discrimination at LREI? Absolutely. I think this, this time in our lives right now has been incredibly eye-opening for me, especially when it comes to my racial identity. Mm-hmm. I... I being like from born from Puerto Rico, my actual ancestry, I am West African, Taino, indigenous and Spaniard. So I'm actually right in the middle of all of this. I am a little bit of everything. Mm. And it's been a really difficult path for me to find because I've never actually identified with my Afro Latino, like history. I've just been like, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican, but I am, I am black. And that's something that I've had to kind of like, be comfortable with and really accept that. And growing mm. up, there were so many microaggressions that I think mm. kind of made me feel like I couldn't connect with that part of me. Like a lot of the times, like people would be like, oh, you're not black or like you're white or like what box do I check off? Because I'm technically everything. Like I don't yeah, really yeah, exactly. Or especially like even being Puerto Rican, I had so many microaggressions or just direct aggression against who I was like stereotype for being a Mexican. Like people literally in school, my first year at LREI, like I remember kids telling me that I was wet because I swam across the, to get across the ocean to get here. Wow. Yeah. And like, that was like, that was a traumatizing experience for me for sure. Because you know, you know what? Well, first of all, I'm going to pause this because we're talking about the old times and I have a little bit of a surprise for you, Kim. <laughs> no, don't. Don't do this. <laughs> have a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> oh, and they're here together. I didn't even know that they were going to be in the same room. <laughs> same room. Like that oh, oh, my God. Look at this beard. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> now, now look. Now, Kim got an excuse. She across the country. Y'all was supposed to call me, and we could have did this all three together. You, you ass jerks. I didn't even thought wow. about it. We should have thought about it. You should have. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that fucking background? That's cool. 
Uh, I'll show you. I'll, I'll tell you after the, the show. Wow. <laughs> so, so uh, everyone, this is uh, y'all can't see them, but uh, Sean and Henry have just joined us on the podcast. Live? The, we are. We're, we're recording, baby. We're live. <laughs> so um, now we're going to try to maintain a hue of seriousness. But, you know, when these jokers are on. It's hard. Um, we're, we were talking about the the black at LREI thing, uh, the account, right? Um, I know, Sean, you left in eighth grade. Uh, Henry, you stayed on with me and Kim all the way up through high school. Uh, y'all speak to, speak a little bit to uh, maybe what y'all experienced in terms of that at LREI. Um, <laughs> come on, come on, somebody. You come on, like, well, I mean... I definitely, I didn't leave by choice. Mm -hmm. um, I was lightly asked not to come back due to certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's definitely a thing. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like my experience is very different from other minorities' experiences. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I kind of, I just be doing my own thing. And don't, I just... I just, did you did you feel like a desire to get out from amongst being like one of two or one of three and go to a place where you were? Nah, because every time I went home, I went back to <laughs> yeah people. So I didn't. It was never like a problem for me. It was just it was. I didn't honestly. I didn't really start like picking up on it because until like people started no, like saying it to me. Like, yeah, and that's what and that's what me and Kim were just talking about. We had such a diverse kind of crew that even if something was a little bit off, we never really brought it to ourselves, right? Like we never were that type of crew to like be weird about that type of stuff. Henry, uh, it's, it's a lot that, um, I know Henry reached out to me and I always appreciate that because Henry's, you know, one of those people that keep it real all the time. How have you been engaging in this uh, climate of people expecting white folk to, work on themselves do some self-work and all that stuff how have you been engaging with that uh i was just trying to be sort of like open and supple too mm -hmm. because i mean I, th I i i i have an inability to understand what but like, you guys went through it lrei and mm -hmm. life in general um i won't ever be able to fully relate to that mm -hmm. right I'm like, as white as I'm white as he, I'm painfully white. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, he, he's selling me short. I mean, he definitely, he definitely was out protesting. Like, yeah. Supporting I, and everything. I, so he, yeah. That's been great. I mean, just being, I think just being, you no, know, like, uh, just being a, like, like saying I'm here to listen. Mm -hmm. And that's space. Like, that's where I, that's where I'm at. Cause what else can I do? I, I can't, I can actively, I, I actively protest. I can actively donate to things I did. I donated today to, to some, um, uh, a defund, something on Instagram. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know what, right? Like I've been, a lot of people have been reaching out to me. Right. And I don't think that people should be like in my DM, like, I'm so sorry for being white. Yeah, right? that's or, you know, it's, weird. 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 <laughs> it's very yeah, weird. I, I've had people, story. I've had people do that, not in, in the way that Henry did. <laughs> Henry, Henry did it like very like, you know, whatever the type of way that I was like comfortable with. 
Um, also, yeah, I was more like, yeah, like, I'm, like I got, like, I'm just like, just so you, and I'm, I, you know, I don't have to remind you, but like, yeah. I got back always, and, and that's that's all yeah. I can really do. Morgan also have to shout Morgan out. Um, she couldn't be here, but she has been doing a lot of um, self worth work. And if y'all remember, we we had a, a experience up there uh, at her place, and we talked about it, and we worked that that out. Um, Kim, have you had anyone? hit you up and kind of talk to you about it from the old days? Um, yeah, I've actually had a few people, especially my Puerto Rican family that mm. are proud of me for speaking up about the Afro-Latino aspect about it, of this whole situation and really kind of highlighting the fact that even in Puerto Rico, there is a lot of racial discrimination going on and that we are, we should be more involved in this movement and because it does affect us directly for sure. Yeah. It does. So I want to talk about this, right? We are all getting old. Uh, y'all can't see him, but Sean looks like he's about 65 years old right now. <laughs> listen, listen, let me let me tell y'all something. Time is so funny because when we were younger, this guy, these guys would get on me for having the worst haircut of all time. And now looking at these two slovenly, sloppily uh, shaved. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my barber next that pandemic look. Listen, <laughs> listen, yeah. listen. Because you got your little Kevin Hart cut. That's a very good thing, too. That's a record show that you weren't looking that fresh a couple days ago. Shut the... <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. It's, it's about right now, baby. Look, look, I, I want to say, I want to ask this, right? So Kim moved out to California, right? And that's her her new life. And we were just talking about the courageousness that it takes to. Hmm? I think she should come yeah. back to her old life. Uh, <laughs> no, no, she just come join me on this side. Uh oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. road trip, road trip. I think a road trip would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to make some stops. I'm trying to get to Kim. You trying to have me stop fifty times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at this tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you? What have you guys? Um, have you guys been thinking about doing any life change, any major life changes? Because we're about to be thirty years old out here. Have y'all been thinking? Ooh, about don't that? age us like that, Dan. This is like I did that. Did I say that? I meant. I meant. You know, we'll we'll, we'll take that out. We'll take that out. Um, what what major life changes? I know me personally, like I, I went back to school and like I'm looking at this uh, this master's program um, mm. for next year. And then after that, I'm low-key trying to get up out of New York. I'm not, I've had enough. I'm trying to make it to Maybe in Cali. I don't know. Uh-oh. Yeah. I've had enough in New York. It's, it's always going to be home, but like yeah. I'm trying to experience new things and do new things and see what else is out there. What about you, Henry? Yeah. Hmm? Uh, I mean, I got my own place now, so uh, I think just... Wow, that's success in New York, man. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. This, uh, I got my own, like, my... Dad, so just being able to pay for that, that mm. would be... Uh, <laughs> that's the major life success, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, I don't know, just be more account, like, hold myself accountable mm. and start, like, building, like, five years. Like, let you start saving money i don't need to spend yeah. that dollar that goes into my bank account as soon as it gets in there isn't that yeah. weird now that we have to start, start thinking about saving money and 
I feel like we should have. I should have been thinking you about it. Been, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, man. This system messed us up. They did not teach us how to like prepare for our future and save like anything. Yeah, I mean, people like talk to me lately. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, well, the stocks, 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 this stuff." This. I'm like, "What? <laughs> what about that? that work? What about you, Kyle?" Yeah. Well, y'all know I, I was going to move to, to Georgia, but we decided against that for good. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that I'm not down there. I might have been ended up on somebody's pavement or something. Um, yeah, sure. But I mean, with me, I, I'm kind of like Henry where I'm finally setting myself up and I, I need to slay some giants here before I venture out. You know, like I, I hate leaving things feeling like I failed at it. So once I conquer some things in New York, I'll be like, all right, it's time to, time to go. Right. Um, yeah. Like push off point is though. What's that push off point. Um, it's like you said, doing adult things that I should, that we should have been doing the whole entire time. Once I get that adult life set here, it's like, all right, now I could explore. Right. It's almost, it's almost like, the opposite of you, Kim, like you explored to come into your full self, right? I got to come into my full self before I end up in somebody's country in, in jail for being weird, you know? For being weird. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all know how I get down. <laughs> y'all know how I do on these streets. Um, actually, y'all, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know how I do on these streets. I have, I, I've been yeah, on who is Kyle now? best behavior. I'm a totally different person for the last three months. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. shoot. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. Um, what, what, what changes have you made? You like quit drinking or something? So no drinking, waking up every morning, working out, reading a bunch oh. of the Bible, studying, doing this, like having something. It's also, um, what me and Kim talked about earlier, just finding that purpose that helps other people, right? So Kim was talking about how she uh, uh, works in the, the marijuana industry and how that helps people. And she has, you know, these old people that she helps and, and it makes her feel good, right? Me waking up and putting up those morning messages every morning makes me feel good. Doing this, right? It might not be like the biggest thing right now, but someone's going to look at it and say, yo, Kyle knew these people for 15 years and they still stuck together and they could have real conversation. It doesn't have to be all crazy nonsense, right? It can be crazy nonsense because you know we could go there in a second, but <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, your brand and everything, the way like the way I've seen your brand sort of transition the past three months has been really uh it's been inspirational. Thank yeah. you. Gotta give you props. So it's like totally, I mean, and even the way that you speak to mm-hmm. like your audience, the way that you address everybody, it's so much more um, eloquent and, and uh, like, concise. like it's, it's very. It's well, well, you know what I, I think, right. So I take a lot of inspiration from my real friends and like Henry, you know, I always, whenever I see you, I'm like, yo, what's good with those auditions, baby. Yo, what's good with, you know, like just, and even if that's not the, 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 the vision right now, it's like, yo, you know, I love what you're doing. Kim, you know, I'm always like, yo, should have been Instagram, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> right. Sean, you know, I'm always bigging you up. Right. And it's, it's these things where I look at you guys as, as my big people. Cause I came into a situation as the new kid and y'all gave me such love and, and affection. Right. Um, I want to ask y'all who in your lives right now is 
are you really looking to to like get that superpower? Uh, I'm gonna keep it like a hundred myself because I like I don't I want to get it for myself and I don't rely on anybody else. Like I'm just I guess mm. for lack of a better term, I'm just trying to push myself and dig deeper every day like, and find, find like a. How do, you, how do you find that in, in like COVID time, right? When we were all inside and where, you know, we don't have to, I know you have a, a great group of people that you were around a lot and then that gets taken away. How do you still find that, that will to, you know, keep it's on finding not, It's not taking time for granted. It's like, I mean, it's like this whole pandemic and everything that's happened is unfortunate, but it's low key. Like it's a blessing in disguise and like, my whole life, I always try to find the silver learning and everything. So it's just taking the time and like to to get your mind right, your physical and your spiritual right. Whether and and whatever way that is to you, like whether that's working out or just walking in and ex, like just experiencing new stuff in your neighborhood or going to different neighborhoods or reading mm-hmm. books that you haven't read before. Just just doing little things that you you never really had the time to do before. You're doing it now, and I think it's all growth. In itself, like as long as you find ways to constantly grow and mm-hmm. appreciate that for what it is, then I think you're good. What about y'all? Can't so, you. For honestly, like Sean said, I think myself focusing on myself and being inspired by myself and taking the time to actually credit myself for the how much I've done yeah. so far because yeah, it's right. so easy to just be like oh, I didn't really do much. I, I haven't been spending my time well. I should be doing this. I should be doing more, comparing myself to other people. But taking the time to actually just sit and process what I have gone through, how much I have overcome and how far I've gone mm-hmm. and using that to inspire how much more I can continue to grow and develop. Mm. But yeah, and and this pandemic has been kind of weird because to be honest, cannabis is an essential service now. So yeah. I've been working this whole time. So I think that's been also kind of a blessing in disguise because I'm so grateful to have a job. I'm so grateful to be able to have some sort of normalcy by going into work and having some sort of routine. But it's definitely been a scary process considering that you're putting yourself at risk and especially because cannabis is still federally illegal yet somehow we're essential so yeah it's been weird for sure Mm -hmm. outside of social media right what do you think it takes for friendships like ours to maintain over this long period of time because i know there are people that i was with every day that i don't i don't associate with anymore i know people that you know were like this that don't they can't get in the room and convert, con- have a conversation, yeah. right? What is the, what's the, what's the magic glue here? That's a good question. I, I like, cause I, I love the whole Zoom thing has been great and really instrumental and in, like connecting with people that I hadn't maybe necessarily connected with, or I wouldn't, you know, be, I wouldn't necessarily find myself in a, a bar or a party with 18 of these people. And now mm-hmm. I'm doing it with these Zooms. Um, and I think, I've been trying to, and I could be, I could always improve at it. I've just been trying to reach out to people as much as I can. Mm. It's like I have a few friends in my neighborhood um, who I'll reach out. Hey, you want to go for a walk? Mm. Or if I'm out with my dog, I'm out with my dog. If you want to walk with us for a little bit, Mm. Um, just being more cognizant of that. That's been really 
and putting yourself out there because it's easy in this time, especially when you're being rewarded to stay the fuck inside and not yeah. talk. You're trying to like, yeah. you really cannot be paying anybody. It's easy to use that still now as like a, as a crutch, as, as an excuse. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, I think to an extent, like I might have socially regressed for a little bit. Sometimes I see people on the street and I'm having conversations and I'm like, oh no, I think I'm talking about something stupid or crazy. And then I would, yeah. So it's just putting yourself, I think for, for me, it's just like forcing myself to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. As an introvert too, and I'm pretty introverted. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you I'm out, out in the streets every day like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, what what do y'all think it is what was the glue i think definitely like conversations like this i think something we've all been really good at is anytime we see each other we're able to forget how much time has passed and Mm. it just becomes like like we were hanging out yesterday and i think just giving ourselves a space to always be comfortable and always knowing that regardless of where we are what we're doing we always have each other's backs and just checking in every now and then i think like henry said checking in it's like being there being consistent just being showing that you that you care even if it's just a subtle high or just a like on a comment or whatever like just staying involved and that's the interesting thing for for you sean right like uh you went away in eighth grade so what was it that I know like we're pretty likable people, but what was it that, uh, <laughs> shut up, Henry. What was it that, that, <laughs> that, uh, made you continue to come downtown and, and hang out with us even when you were in your whole entire world? <laughs> um, for me, it was, it was just a genuine, it was just a genuine connection and the versatility in it. So like one minute we could be acting fools and talking shit and cutting up and all of that. And then the next minute, we could be talking about real shit and like life and yeah. plans and all exactly. that and flip right back and then come right back. Um, so I think that's probably what kept me coming back. And from my, just from my experience, I feel like I haven't, most people I've met don't know people as long as I've known y'all. They're like, you mm-hmm. had friends for how long? Like, yeah, it's crazy. And I'm yeah. like, how do you maintain that? And I'm like, it's, it's crazy to think about what it is. Like, and yeah. I don't like, we don't talk every day, but like, I still only talk, like Kim said, like, you don't even realize how much time has passed. It's just like sometimes I'd be talking to you, I feel like I'm back in eighth grade. Exactly. Just chilling. Like it's not And it's easy friend it's like easy friendship. Whenever I'm with you guys, with you or like Kyle, we talk to you or Kim mm-hmm. after a while, but when I do see you, uh, I don't feel like it's I don't feel like you need to really push in a conversation. like I don't feel like, oh god, I gotta be on in this conversation. Well, they're gonna fucking judge it. Exactly. You know, it's it's easy. It comes pretty naturally. And I love that. We, we don't say it enough, right? But well, when I see y'all, I say it. But I think friends in general, outside whoever's listening, we don't say it enough. We don't appreciate uh, the people that we have in our lives because they could just as easily not be there, right? And Or they could be there and not be feeding into our lives. It's always a blessing to have people around you that whenever you see them or hear them, they feed some, some positivity into you or feed some growth into you. Uh, one more question before we go. Uh, we oh, are used to this. Yeah. We, could go, we could go as long as y'all want. We go as long as y'all want. I, I was just. I got nothing to do, Kyle. Yeah, we got, 
man. Listen, y'all, y'all over here, y'all drinking the Heinies, you know, Kim, you over there tanning or whatever. I don't want to disturb nobody. Oh, Stella. Oh, Stella, sorry, excuse me. Listen, listen. I, I don't dabble in that anymore, so I forgot what they look like. All right, so um we are uh 2004 2005 whenever right we are all hanging out on the west side highway as our young age and then and then uh boom some lightning happens and me you kim and henry we appear to our younger selves as we are now what is the advice that you are giving yourself in eighth grade you're however old you are now what is your, your eighth grade advice to yourself? Learn how to separate your emotions from the emotions of others around you mm. and, and not be so concerned about pleasing other people. Yeah, yeah. that's big. What about you, gentlemen? I know y'all got books that y'all should be telling yourselves about. I think just get out of your own way. Mm. Don't, don't hold yourself back so much. Don't be worried about yourself. Don't be worried about other people. Like just enjoy each minute that you're given yeah. for what it is. Cause if you live in the future, you're not going to be, if you live in the future of the past, you're not going to be really, uh, that's big. That's you're, big. You know, you're not going to, appreciate what's going on right now and i think when you're younger i mean at least when i was younger i was spent a lot of time worrying about like what's gonna happen or what did happen and it's just like such dead time yeah that's big look you know here we are now it's like nothing you're fine we cool exactly. all that you worried about <laughs> so, um, yeah. i feel like i definitely agree with henry said and i definitely agree with Tim said but i also feel like i would i probably would tell myself like just have faith in yourself and trust the process and you you were raised right, you were, you're a decent human being and you're going to be all right. And yeah. you're going to have ups and downs and some of them downs, you're going to be really down, but you're going to be all right. And as long as you got friends like this, you're going to be good. 2005, this, yeah. this is when this hypothetical thing is? Maybe I'd go I, back I, and give myself the, the formula for Facebook and then just oh, invent yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch the social network and see the part where he writes on the window. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but this is a thing. <laughs> I feel like I would tell myself, um, I would definitely tell myself to be more discerning of who I let influence me. Mm. Um, there were a lot of a lot of things that I didn't realize I thought about myself because of what was spoken into me um, at that time and uh, in high school in general. And I think high school kids go through it in general, like just hormonal, weird kids that allow the world to you know mold them. And I think I would tell myself, yo, you like just keep on being who you are. Right. Like because. I was a pretty cool, cool kid, right? Like, I wasn't the coolest kid, 
Sean, I see your face. <laughs> see, see, I'm trying not to curse, right? I'm trying to be this this new person. <laughs> but, Come on back. Bobby, see, that's see, and, and that's another thing. It's so cool to see how we've evolved, right? Like, like I can I remember us at certain times in our history. Like I remember going to that Asia place with you, Kim, with uh, me and old boy and Mac. And, you know, I remember like, you know, like in like the pine glasses this big. Yeah. Like that was, that was the after uh, the underage spot for sure. Right. And um, I remember being in your, um, your mom's studio, Henry. And this is where I'm at. Oh, no way. What? It's renovated. Um, wow. Uh, it's a full circle, baby. Full I'm back circle. Back out here. The whole back hey. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, batch of that. Wow. The memories. Fact. Yeah, That's it's crazy. Changed <laughs> it's changed since, but it's not. How long did it take you to, because it looks totally different. I'm take a little tour. Ooh. There's the bed. I'll be right back. That's where no right. magic happens. And then that's uh, my kitchen and my room. You got a loft up there. Listeners can hear some listen and actually see that. That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you got a you, well. You might not want people seeing where you live, right? I mean, I you might come. come I say, just where they might I? come stalking you, baby. Well, <laughs> Kyle, I got a question for you. I got an answer. So you, you came in eighth grade, right? Uh huh. So like what? Well, what was like the what was your, what was the biggest difference for you coming from prep to to eat to eat um, like, you did that like what time. yeah what how 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 was that transition for you trying to find yourself and find your your footing at EI? Well, in my old life, I had like pre EI, I was very inundated with. Um, black folk right it like just and not just like just powerful like show running black folk so when i got there i had the confidence of i'm just here and it just happens to be white folk here but as time went on um i definitely struggle with the identity of being um being who i was supposed to be in the walls of that school being who I was supposed to be in when I got home, being who I was supposed to be in between that time. Right. Because I, I remember a situation where we were outside of Joe's and we got into a fight uh, with a bunch of little kids and well, they weren't little kids. They were the same age. As we were. <laughs> but I, and I won't say exactly. We get into that fight. I, I, I won't say exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> we were, I, well, okay. I, we were um, not very, uh, good kids right we would terrorize the west village from time to time <laughs> and on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes it came back to to, to bite us and i think I in those hmm? came back to bite you <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just that i didn't run as fast as, as some other people yeah. <laughs> I, but, but i feel like you know i feel like that in situations like that helped me grow a lot though right just not being just the the person in the school because i feel like a lot of kids 
especially kids like in our time period, they went to school and they went home and this was before social media. So they had to go home and like just deal with their life at home. Yeah. Right. Like they had just had to be in their four walls at home or play their video games or whatever. Right. And I know like not to knock it, like you play video games. Cool. But all days, but all day. Right. Like I, we had this, the the joy of like hanging out with each other after school. Right. Going to the theater, going to Kim's house, going to things. Right. And like that is where I found myself, not in who I had to be. Because I did. I felt like, you know, I not to bring up any names, but we here. Let's talk about it. Like I felt like. Me and Sean and Gloria were going to be Ace Boon Coons. That's who I was going to talk to, right? And then I realized that's not how it necessarily goes. There's intricacies to it, right? And then in high school, like people are splitting up by things, and it's like, oh shoot, the world is different. And then after, and that's what I want to talk to you guys about next. When we graduate, when everyone goes to college, that's when I found the real change in in our group, right? Like especially the people who were from poly and things right like when you go out into the world and it's not just the safe space of new york and then you got to come back and and deal with your old friends how do how have y'all seen that play out in in life i mean my uh my answer is biased because i went to school like three of my close friends so mm-hmm. so my my answer is going to be completely different but you also went to school that you went to a school that I mean I guess you went to high school like that too. But you went to a school that was totally not New York LREI culture. Like you went to a historically world renowned school. Yeah, yeah. Morehouse shout out. Morehouse shout out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so again, like there's a level of comfort. Like I went to like I went to school with Dylan and Carter, so I already yeah. went with a level of comfort. Um, then there are certain people outside of that circle that I also knew going down there. It's like, and I did a pre-functional summer program where I made like 60 new friends. So like before mm. even the first day of school started, I already had like 80 to 90 friends, so to speak, that I knew from whatever walk of life. So I was already, I was already comfortable before I even got down there. Like I was, I was. That makes a lot of sense. And I didn't, I didn't feel the need to branch out and try and, meet people or make new friends because I was I was good. I already had who I needed with me and like if you want to come out for a ride, cool. But like I'm good where I'm at. That's that's important. What about y'all? I mean I went to the school in the city, so part of me had a little comfort in knowing that my friends and family that were around in the city or when they would come back home, like I had access to them. But FIT was a totally different experience than most colleges because we don't have a real campus. We don't have a Greek life or anything like that. It was very much like business, fashion, work, and hustle. And I remember. Yeah. Holy, I just remembered that you, yeah, oh shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it was a very different world for me. So, my friend group were my roommates and the people that I would party with. And I kind of would navigate through that and see if I could develop friendships outside of that. And I was really lucky because my sophomore year of college, I got an apartment in the city downtown and I had found an awesome like loft space that we were able to build up as many bedrooms as we wanted. So I got me and my five closest girlfriends and we had that apartment for like 
two, three years, even after I left, it kept running. And those girls have stayed. It was like, ended up being 11 of us that had been in and out of that apartment. They, we stayed best of friends from that, but I don't speak to anyone else aside from like that from my college group. But those group of women is so it's like, it's great because they're also so diverse and from such extreme different backgrounds. And I just, I feel so grateful that even in my high school and in my college time, I've been able to like really surround myself with very different types of people that are all very understanding. That's so important. I love that. Henry, what about you? Uh, I mean, I like, I, I stayed pretty close to every weekend at Rutgers. I was for the first couple of weeks, I was either up at Philly, um, yeah. where I was back in New York, yeah. uh, hard to break that umbilical cord. I'll probably always be in New York some way, shape or form. <laughs> um, I'm just too much of a, you know, high heavy New Yorker, but mm-hmm. I knew like college when those first few months of college is where I sort of had like an artistic awakening. That was a, when I realized that I wanted to do art yeah. stuff for my life. And that was maybe, I don't like to talk about like like purpose in life because I think that that can change mm-hmm. as you get older and, and experience things. But mm-hmm. I definitely realized like if I'm not going to be doing some sort of like entertainment and like relieving people of um, stress for a period of time, I just don't know what else I could do. Mm-hmm. I learned that there. So that was very, very helpful for me. Okay. That process. And I think like Little Red and all like that high school definitely gets you ready for it. But yeah. I, I don't know. I was too fogged up with just like other yeah, little red. I don't know. That's why when I when I read the when I read the um the black at LRI thing on uh, Instagram, it's cool. it like black at Polly, black at friends. Yeah, I just think to, <clears throat> to myself like I was way too stupid at the time to even see like yeah. a lot of things. Like, how are you realizing this? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like I applaud the kids that are able to call that out right now because I was I think I was just so into a different like level that I wasn't even aware Bad. of these things. So now it's like you're you're seeing it now and you're all coming to terms with it now and it's like such a awakening moment because it's like how did I not see this or wow, was, how did like, this affected me so incredibly I, I was too yeah, worried about I was too worried about catching Geo outside to deal with microaggressions what were you saying Henry I was saying like I, I uh after reading some I read all, I read all the posts and I feel it was hard for me not to feel very naive to not realize that that was happening very much, if not more so then than it is now. Yeah. Wow, all shit's like going on. And then that's another, for me as a white guy, it's like the moment for me that's like check my privilege is like, oh, I didn't know that's going on. It's because it's, you know, just because it's not happening directly to me doesn't mean that it's not happening. And that's sort of, that's another, a lot of this whole movement, the Black Lives Matter, it's a lot of like, for me, it's just stages of awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. This is now a way, this is something that I should have been aware of and I should have been like tuned into. But now, like, I'm, I'm very impressed with a lot mm-hmm. of kids for being so well spoken. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, Sean, you, you, you giving me the, the body language of you, you holding something back. <laughs> I, listen, it, listen. If Phil, if Phil hears this, he could, he could come. He could get all the smoke. He could pull up. So, in in fairness, like I never really speak on it, but like, so in seventh grade, 
my parents, we had a, a black teacher, Noni, and the other teacher was Matthew. My parents mm-hmm. pushed me to be with Noni because she was black and I'm obviously black. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot what happened. Basically, me and Phil kept getting into a beef and whatever. And it got to a point where he like mandated that I had to go see a shrink because mm-hmm. him and none of the other teachers knew what to do with me. They were like, he keeps, he's acting up, he's acting out, whatever the case may be. Tried to blame my parents. Oh, you're, you're never around. You're not there for your son. It's typical shit. So I went to go see this shrink. The shrink that I told my parents, there's nothing wrong with your son. He's a perfectly normal <laughs> exactly. kid, seventh grade. It's the fact that these white adults don't know how to deal with a black man. That's literally all he says. He's like, yo, there's nothing wrong with him. Because everybody at Little Rose, like, oh, he's a, he's an angry little black boy. He's an angry little black <laughs> exactly. boy. His parents are always working. They're not around. He's an angry little black boy. He needs to go talk to somebody. Trent came right back and was like, yo, there's nothing wrong with him. He's fine. He's not going to handle a young yeah. black man. Yeah. And so, um, it's so that, crazy. Like, I just, I feel every, every post that is posted, I feel it all. Like, I just, at the time, I just was pissed off because you're making me do some shit that I didn't feel like I needed to do. Exactly. Um, and even I was gonna say, even in that same vein, like I never forget, like the beginning of eighth grade, we got a new principal, Mark. This <laughs> man called me, yo! I swear to God, my mother came. Well, he, home, what a fucking like, wet blanket he was. <laughs> and was like, yo, the new principal wants to call you, and I'm like, ma, for what? She's like, he was supposed to talk to you. I'm like, okay. He calls me. He's like, hi, how are you? I'm Mark from the new principal, whatever. I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, do you mind coming down having lunch with me before school starts? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I can't, obviously, I, I can't say no. So yeah. I go down. He dead ass. I go to go down there two days before school starts. He takes me to Joe's. We're sitting at Joe's. And he's like, yeah, so, you know, I kind of heard, like, I, I know I've heard about you. Like, I heard that, like, you know, you kind of run shit. So, like, I just want us to be on the same page so that we could, like, work together. And I'm looking at him like, yo, I don't run shit. <laughs> I, my, I play basketball and mind my business and I chase after these motherfucking women. That's it. I play basketball <laughs> and That's all I do. What, what, what do I control? I don't know what you heard, but like, I don't. He's like, no, like, you may not understand it, but like, you, like, people like follow up, like look up to you and follow your lead or whatever. I'm like, listen, sir, <clears throat> I don't need nobody. No, I'm not Moses. I'm not Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to play basketball, have a good time. And I said, like, yeah. And, I, I, and that shit always threw me off. Cause I'm like, yo, this is a grown ass man. Mm. <laughs> power, like talking to a 13 year old boy, talking about help me. But you know you what? I, I, job, sir. Mark is <laughs> one of those guys, that, pre- that principal, he's one of those dudes who would be like, well, I, you know, I'm not racist because I've got friends that are black. Which is mm-hmm. Yes. Billy used to say that shit all the time. Is, like, he, but that's like saying I'm not a pedophile because I have a friend that is a child. Or he's the kind of guy who would like wear like a hat backwards and be like, hey, man, look at me. I'm the fact that you have to dig look at my yeah, black yeah, friend yeah. or look at whatever. Like, he was out of touch, man. I feel like, you know, just to speak to that though, I do not that you should be telling a grown certified college certified adult what they how they should be doing their job right and what they should do with their job right because you're 12 you're 13 but it does speak to the the power that i've always appreciated with you three in, in particular that you guys all have this charisma about you right 
Sean always uh, from I, when I got to uh, eighth grade has always been that kind of leader of the pack type of person. Henry has always had that. It's like it is you're hard pressed to find someone that doesn't like this guy. Hard pressed to find someone unless unless, you know, it's, it's a girl. But that's different. <laughs> Same thing with Sean. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, Kim, you were like the, the queen of the whole. I remember the quick story. Right. First day I walk in to eighth grade. Right. I'm like this trying to be this nerdy dress type of person, whatever. And I see Kim with the VMA hat on. And like, (laughs) she was talking to Bella about it, right? And I was like, why do I remember these minute details, right? Yeah, And I was just like, why do I remember that? But I remember it because I had just been in in Florida, I think it was, and the VMAs were in, in Miami, I think it was. And I was watching on TV, just, you know, when it was going on. And I'm like, oh, this is the type of school I'm at. They, they go into going to the VMAs now. All right. I'm, I'm in good company now. I'm, I'm set. I'm lit. Right. And it's always been that type of thing. Like you've always had one, you've always had a, a good head on your shoulders, but you've always been able to get people around you and not be that Regina George type of person. You know what I'm saying? Cause we definitely had people like that in, in our, in our school or whatever. Right. Oh, I want to sure. one thing, right. There are people that have fallen off hard body you don't have to say no names and there are people who are up right now and uh but we're always lame right do y'all can y'all speak to the dynamic of that like why does that happen why do why do people what do you mean like who's like doing well in life and yeah like it seems like the people who there are people who like you thought were gonna be the the bomb right okay and they just like, what's what the what what happened with you? Like, damn, homie, in high school you was the man, homie. So you know, so like you could be doing the bow wow challenge. <laughs> that you is true. Be like, oh, like yeah. flexing real hard, yeah. and everybody's like, wow, he's doing, or they're doing good. That is true. Dead inside. <laughs> the opposite yeah. can be said for the people who are like really quiet, like living their best lives. They're just not yeah. talking about it. I feel like, I feel like just life happened. Like, mm. Yeah. And I always, I, I say this to everybody, like, has social media been a thing, like, when we were in middle school, I think all of us would be in different spaces in our lives. Oh, for like, sure. Like, sure. our character charisma and all the stuff we were doing, like, we all be in completely different spaces in our lives. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. We would have been in jail. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm I think if, you go, if you go back through my mind, yeah, yeah, I find my MySpace. So it's like, oh, whoever that kid is on my MySpace. Yeah. Oh my I want to be associated with MySpace. Yo, there's this one video that I remember. We were, uh, I think it was me, uh, Sean, and this uh, old, old homeboy. Um, and it was some video. I remember just jumping in a pile of garbage. Do you remember that, Sean? Oh my yeah, God! Yeah, yeah. I remember the. I, I did that. I, yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why did you do that? I don't know. It's trying to be Dwayne Reed. You run it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was just ahead of the curve. I was just a. a, a I was well, a troll back then. Though. It wasn't like it wasn't like straight no. up hard hot dogs. <laughs> it was like milk cartons. And then and then we used to do the the um the what was that the. Do you guys yeah, sell fried yeah. chicken? The Bam. Do you guys yeah, sell yeah. fried chicken? If, you... yeah, if we like, we like we yeah. we would have been, we would have been like like internet like sensations if we had just <laughs> 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 it just 
And after she was like, we tell people that I don't even believe, like, you did what? Like, why? Yeah. Like, Still to this day. Nobody. No, we just nobody. wanted to do it. Yeah. Plus all the fact that we did all these things, like, in Soho. Like, exactly. West Village. Exactly. Like, <laughs> That's the biggest thing. And, you know, we I even speak to this day about the bar mitzvah, right? That's how I opened up the, oh. the episode, right? And just like coming what into this shit. space, right? Coming into this space, like what was that a week or a month after after I got there? It's yeah. like a sleepaway birthday party already? What's going on? Like, <laughs> it, it, like that was also like my first experience with weed, actually. Yeah, and yeah, I got yeah, mad yeah. because oh, you wow. guys brought weed yeah. and I was like, what the heck? Like, Don't I didn't do this. Yeah. But now look at me now. <laughs> look at you. Look at you now, Kim. <laughs> I think you're kind of like trajectory. I don't even smoke <laughs> in like a little fun. I, I know. I feel like everyone who used to heavily smoke and like got me into smoking, none of them smoke anymore. And meanwhile, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm over here smoking gonna do all the time <laughs> <laughs> in the left grade, i was smoking like marble reds oh yeah oh. No, we, we were smoking them in seventh grade yeah. I, yeah. 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 Like, I never got into the cigarette like, thing i'm so grateful that wasn't my vibe all you did <laughs> yeah i know all you did i still enjoy the the smooth taste of a marble light every yeah well now all the kids are <laughs> well yo that's the thing right so like jewel what is the what what's the what's the draw of a jewel i never get it what's well, this nicotine in there so it's like you're addicted oh so it's just a cigarette like a nah but it's yeah. like nicotine it's not even like it's, it's a lot like one pod is like 14 packs of yeah. cigarettes i was into that uh, oh yeah how what was the like what was the I <laughs> you jewel bro and then i it, all it took was for me to lose it I lost it and I was like, I just want to <laughs> That's another thing. I don't want to be paying. How much is a jewel? How much is a. Oh, like a, a whole thing? Okay. Like a, yeah, like the thing you smoke. How much is that? A pod. I think, I don't know. Oh, no, nah, I can't. I can't be. itself is like 40 and then the pods. It's like, expensive. It's expensive. expensive. And it's just like, oh, That's why I can't. That's why I can't get into like the iPhone headphones, right? Like I can't, I don't like losing things and I lose things a lot. So I don't want to pay for like a cigarette. If I lose it, it's just like five cents. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people that bought the strap for yeah. AirPods so that they don't <laughs> oh, yeah, they just turned them into normal AirPods. That's just like, they, they just have headphones, right? Well, because like, crazy... when I smile, when I smile, they like pop out all the time. I don't, know, I don't have my ear canal doesn't fit smile. Apple. And yeah, I do. It takes yeah. it in my face. That's that's a crazy thing too. I remember the iPod one or two or whatever was coming oh, out. Yeah. Like this. That was like all the race. <laughs> LRI, you had to have every level of Actually, iPhone Gloria, Gloria had or AirPod or iPod, whatever. Yo. Every Apple product that they dropped, Gloria had it without fail and I got to play with yeah. it. Remember, remember we used to wait in line in the Soho shop. You know? Act. Wow. If you didn't come to school with a fresh phone on the day after the drop, you were not cool. <laughs> you were not the wave. <laughs> even, before, even before Apple, like when you like the coolest shit was showing up to school with the disc man and you would be like, Geez. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I remember that. You guys remember that big ass yeah, phone like, that I had it was like colorful? Yeah. Oh, like, the yeah. Whole, like the Virgin Mobile phone. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember the sidekick. Oh, yeah, I had a sidekick. Flip it. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you know what I remember? Speaking of those, uh, the Walkman. I remember up on 14th Street, there was the uh, the bootleg man 
that we would get all those mixtapes. Oh yeah, the CDs. Though I always say, if I ever meet Fifth, uh, I gotta give him twenty bucks because I got that massacre. I used to buy my porn there. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> literally like three blocks from Ellie's house. Y'all don't know a different Ellie. Mm-hmm. Ellie's house was like three blocks away, right there. So like, yeah, that's how I found him. He saw mm-hmm. everything. He saw everything. Yeah, <laughs> just just on the way home, yeah, grabbed yeah. a little porn. Just all in the same shop. Bacon, egg, and cheese. That's not fair. <laughs> Bacon, egg, and cheese. Well, we don't have that here. Like, people think that's... I, I, first of all, we don't have, like, delis. Like mm. you don't just have like a place to get like a bacon egg and cheese that doesn't exist. Are you like in? Are you by like? I'm in WeHo. West Hollywood. Okay. West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Put that together. But you yeah. can walk places, right? It's not like you oh, have it's to super drive. walkable, and yeah. there's like restaurants and stuff here, but there's no like deli. Like the deli is like a liquor shop, and it just has like some candy and like lotto, but there's no actual like grill there. You can't. There's nowhere to get a bacon egg and cheese. And I wow. asked people, well, like, where do you get bacon egg and cheese? I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what's, what's the, you can I'm out on LA. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest difference between New York and LA? This uh, culture. The culture, like the people? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, New Yorkers breed a whole different type of people, man. Like, you can find... Wait. You can easily tell who's from New York out here and you really? kind of like are able to click with them really quickly and be like, oh, I know where you're from. I vibe with you mm-hmm. because I feel like I, like New York, you it's all about hustle. It's all about drive. It's all about you got to work hard. You don't expect anything to just fall in your lap. You know, you, you push yourself and we're also like always on the go. <laughs> Sean, are you going to Atlanta? Uh, not no time soon. They've been wilding. They don't know time to move. I meant moving. You said you got. You said you gonna move. Oh, so um, me honestly, I'm going wherever the money is. Right, wherever <laughs> the bag is, that's where I'll be until. It's so like my goal is to like secure the bag for a few years and then set myself up to go wherever I want and do whatever. Fact. Yeah. So I'd rather like do what I got to do now so I can do what I want to do later and continue on into my later yeah. years versus like struggling trying to do what I want now and not do it the way I want or the way I envision. City or um, suburbs? Oh, I'm, I'm in a house in the verbs. I'm off the, the verbs, baby. What? Verbs, baby. Wow. Give me a house in the backyard. Doing the homebody. Doing, do it yourself wow. for the weekends. That's why I'm going to bomb the builder every weekend. I'm building some new Wow. <laughs> this guy said he got the 60-year-old look down pack. He going to yeah. be the full dad. Streets of New York City, baby. Fact. Yeah, Yo, guys. Welcome visit. Oh, you know I'm coming to visit. Yo, <laughs> we are, we don't have kids yet. I don't yeah. think. Sean, you might have Thank some kids. Goodness. I don't think. I have one. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, we all have kids. Yeah. We all have one except for you, Kyle, actually. Yeah. For me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Without a kid right now, actually. A dog is a great dry run. For <laughs> <laughs> that is a child, my dear. I don't, I don't need no dogs. I, I was on a photo shoot yesterday and I was uh, with a bunch of dogs. This young lady had like five or six dogs in her crib. And I said, never in my life do I, off that experience, I don't want one. That's a lot of dogs. 
It's like too many dogs. I also and feel like dogs don't like. You gotta if you're gonna do that, you need a yard. You need a yeah, yard. Yeah, yeah. that's what you need. That's what you need. That suburban because you yeah, she lived in Crown Heights, guys. She's not a yard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a yard. My friend, uh, my friend Angel, and five dogs and three cats. Oh, chill. yeah, that's, that's a lot. It's a pet store. Yeah, it's a pet store. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I left with with my whole pants like covered in. I think I was wearing fur pants or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you start to embrace the fur. It it, it just really. My dog's fur is like so thin; it like sticks to my face, and I'll be <laughs> like eating his hair. It's horrible. Oh, that's probably say my dog goes wherever I go because he's literally he's probably he's all in my clothes now. Yeah, yeah at all times. I feel like so I was talking to Morgan about this the other day right the what happens to you when you have kids are so fucking cute they're adorable yeah. well, they're, they're adorable I don't have ovaries but I get baby envy <laughs> I'm in a place where I can hear it and I swear I've cried I've like teared up watching some of the videos I'm like oh my, oh god, my gosh yeah, I love they're that so they're so cute and, and I think that the, the biggest thing is that she and, and parents in general gain that empathy for other people right because I don't think uh Morgan I love you but I don't think the Morgan that we knew in high school would be the Morgan that we know today in terms of post up Farrakhan videos, right? Like, I, I'm gonna just say this, like, you know, I keep it, I keep it a buck. Like, when I saw that, I, I texted Sean and I was like, yo, <laughs> what the hell is the world coming to? Excuse my language. What, what's the world coming to, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's that thing. And that is why I'm pushing, like, I wanna become a parent because however good I am, no pun intended, now, whatever that level takes me to, it's crazy. Like, do y'all yeah. think that y'all gonna, do you see yourself becoming a parent soon or? I would love to be a parent. I also feel like I've raised, helped raise my siblings and I'm kind of yeah, like, so. I need a break from that. But at the same time, like, yeah, definitely down the road. Although, oh my God, I applaud anyone who's a parent right now in this climate and this pandemic, because this is the most, crazy. Uh, must be the most intense and stressful experience for them. So I'm very grateful I don't have a kid right now, but <laughs> Yeah. I applaud the people who do. <laughs> uh, I, I 100% want to be a father. Um, mm. More so about finding that, that right person to that raise mama. the child with. <laughs> yeah. That's a full fact. Like, I'm not yeah. Yeah, happy with like, who's worthy of that. Because um, sure there's, there's just going to be... Some, I want to have another person there to like have a different perspective other than mine that like can understand things that I don't understand and like shed challenge you on things that mm -hmm. I don't and challenge me as well. Like, and mainly challenge, challenge that I'm saying with them and how I want to go about because everything I'm going to want to do with teach them is not going to be right. So, yeah, um, exactly. That's, that's the main thing. So, Definitely. if there's a, a good energy, beautiful young woman out there who's trying to have some babies. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, listen. We know what, what we know what I used to call you back in the day. Don't be using my platform here to to to. What is that? I'm just trying to make such an aunt and two uncles. I'm just trying to make that. I love it. Listen, I like to end these uh, episodes off with some good words. Words that y'all said that I really felt. Um, so we got nature. We got holistic. 
movement, break, travel, credit, different, ally, separate, challenge, and supple. Henry said supple, and I tried not to laugh because he was making a serious point. (laughs) I was so surprised that, Sean, you didn't laugh because I was like, how the hell? (laughs) Malleable is a better word. (laughs) Malleable. Okay, Guys, (laughs) Guys, we can still stay on here, um, but I'm going to end the episode. Y'all who are listening, stay on. Uh, Got some more stuff for y'all. But y'all say bye to the the listening audience, all the good people. Tell them if if you if you want, where where can they find you? I know Kim. Do you still have a a a blog? Oh yeah, you know I'm not really active on it, but I definitely want to revamp it. So eventually it'll be up. But it's um, at effortlessly ethical. Um, If not, you can just find me at Kimberg with three R's. I love to post stuff about nature and being connected with cannabis. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Gentlemen, y'all want to shout yourselves out? Y'all want some more, some some people? Yo, H. Dwyer on Instagram, and I started a TikTok. Uh-oh. Yes! Yes! About time. About time. That's going to be that weird. Way. A little strange. I don't know how I like it, but I'll get to y'all. Nice. All right. I love it. What about you, Sean? Uh, I'm at, at Sean underscore break the underscore law. Uh, no pun intended. i love it guys thank y'all so much for joining uh quickly i want to i want (laughs) to i want to shout out um our friend carter he has a restaurant on nostrand and uh nostrand and and st mark's nostrand and st mark's it is nostrand social please go check that out shout out to dylan uh congratulations for graduating Shout out to Morgan. We love you. Shout out to Vera. We love you. Shout out to everyone else that we know mutually. Um, Steph, Xander, Roy, all of these people. We love you. We miss y'all. Next time we, we'll get a bigger group going. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Y'all stay tuned. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, Kyle. Shout out to me. But see, but see, now, now y'all gonna make me want to go out and, and have a get a get a drink with y'all or something. But yeah, we, we ain't gonna do you it. Have a, you can have a beer. We ain't beer gonna do it party. unless y'all got non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah, it's ginger ale. You get old duels. You get fucked up. You get old duels. Yeah. So there it is, guys. I pray that y'all find people in your lives that bring you as much joy. As much happiness, as much peace, as much completion as these people bring me. I love these people with all my heart. I always say that people are the fruit of life, but some people that you get in your life are straight gifts from God no other way to explain it no other way to describe it and these people are that for me I thank them for being on the episode I thank you for tuning in and I pray that you find people that are like this in your life and I pray that if you have people like this in your life even if you haven't spoken to them in a while you reconnect with them and tell them how much you appreciate them how much you love them how much you cherish them and you know now that COVID is kind of winding down I guess it's looking like outside what people acting like it's winding down go go get a get a coffee or something with them 
maybe no duels if I'm in a group. <laughs> I love you. I thank you so much. You guys are, are amazing. If I didn't say this in the recording, please, please, please. And this is with, with friendships, but, it's, but with life in general. Do good. See good. You can look good. <laughs> but most importantly, you better be good. I love y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Good people, don't forget to follow Finding Good Times at Finding Good Times on all platforms, at Finding Good Times on all available platforms, and of course, FindingGoodTimes.com. Keep following, keep sharing, keep reposting, most importantly, keep being good. Love y'all.